like at one point we're all gonna have kids and at one point i hope hope someone decides hey you're you're cute enough (laughs) you can always adopt spend at one point (laughs) um at one point you can you can always rescue at one point (laughs) (laughs) rescue am i going to the humane society Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our 2021 Festivus special. It's a Festivus for the rest of us. I'm Logan Carney here with Dakota Lamb and Spencer Witt, as always, for Pittsburgh Day. As we do our Festivus special, we will go over our airing of the grievances to share all the ways that you have disappointed us throughout the year. And guys we'll have our feature strength where festivus is not over until you guys beat no you're not gonna try it's, it's been a while out. since uh since we've beaten you i think that is true i try not to think of that yeah. <laughs> not after not after the tic tac or uh, not after connect four i, I don't like yeah. that game I don't we like don't talk game. about that we, we don't want to talk about that the two of them combined for those of you who don't know, could not beat me in Connect Four in like 20 straight games because I am the master at Connect Four. Just, just saying, just saying. There is a strategy, ladies and gentlemen. There is a strategy to that favorite childhood game. But anyway, we're gonna we, before we get into our festive special, we do have some topics to go over. The first one, um, and guys, I think this would be the first time in this show's history that. Pit football will not be in my airing of the grievances. Um, Isn't as, that the truth? <laughs> as their historic season will be coming to a close in about a week when they play in the in the in the Peach Bowl. Um, so, guys, what, what are you just before we get into more specific? But what are your general thoughts on just the season that that was had by Pit football? Are you guys surprised at all? Definitely uh, surprised. I, I think that uh, any season where Pitt – they still kind of pitted. I think we talked about this, uh, Spencer, like was the Miami game pitting? Did they at the end finish below expectations? But, you know, that aside, it was still a very successful season, ACC championship. And anytime there is good out of Pitt football, I think you have to be surprised, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think – I wouldn't. I would say surprised, but I wouldn't say shocked. I think uh, a weaker—I don't want to use that term—but a weaker ACC uh, season this year kind of helps them. You you saw the the bursts of life from especially Kenny Pickett last season. I think that we knew that he was a solid quarterback at the very least. It was just a matter of could the rest of the team really help him out in the long run, and they did to an extent. But he also he also basically carried that team too. Um, but yeah, I think they weren't perfect. They were far from it, but they were the best we've seen in a long time for Pitt, which is always good to see. Well, Pitt, um, on top of the ACC championship, um, Kenny Pickett finished third in the Heisman voting. So Kenny Heisman, um, finally comes to, almost comes to fruition. 
Were you surprised uh, by that finish, Logan? Do you think it was about right or should have been higher? I've been saying Kenny Heisman since fresh since his freshman year. So, um, <laughs> no, I I think I think What's a hipster. Third, what a hipster! <laughs> I had him. So I had him second. Um, I think Bryce Young getting it was pretty obvious. Um, Alabama played a lot tougher opponents this year. Um, granted, you know, in terms of you know. It, Bryce Young's playing with four and five star recruits. Kenny Pickett's playing with three, mostly three star recruits. So there's there's the argument that you know can be made that Kenny's team isn't nearly as good, is um, or as talented as the team that Bryce Young was going on. But Bryce Young has slightly better stats as a quarterback. You know, was in the college football playoff, played a tougher schedule, played for a bigger school. So um, not 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 surprised that he got. I'm what I'm surprised about is that. Um, a little bit less than 50% of the country had Kenny in the top three on their ballot, you know, and I, I think about, you know, you look back at the college football, I can't name three players that were more valuable. I mean, I can barely name, I don't even know if I can name one player who was more valuable to his team's success this season than Kenny Pickett. Um, you take away Bryce Young from Alabama, there's still Alabama. You know, there's still there's still Bama. You know, they may not be in the college football playoff, but they're still probably a 10 win team. They're still probably going to a New Year's six bowl. You take away Kenny Pickett from Pitt, they're what a six win team? They're not they're certainly not winning the ACC. They're certainly not gonna be in the Peach Bowl. They're certainly not, you know, they're probably not even um, gonna win the coastal. Um, so to have 50% of the country say that there were three people better than him this year was to me was the surprising thing. Um, that being said, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was a hell of a player. Um, I think he's going to be, I think he was the best player in college football this year. I think Kenny Pickett was the most valuable player in college football this year. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think I, I, I'm, I would have had I had Kenny at number two. I had Kenny at number two, but I'm not. I don't think it's it's ridiculous that he got third. I think it's a little bit absurd that less that that more than fifty percent of the country don't think he deserved to be in the top three. Um, but you know that's fifty percent of the country is probably not watching pit football in general. So I mean that's that's probably another reason why it, it's and the ACC is weaker. Um, but besides, you know, the Heisman voting, uh, Pitt also with the the Blytenkoff Award winner, the top wide receiver in college football, Jordan Addison, just the third time in program history that that's happened. Um, Larry Fitzgerald and Antonio Bryant, the other two, uh, both in the 2000s. Uh, he'll be returning last, next year. And Pitt's whole offensive line, four of them were seniors, all announced that they'll be returning next year. And, of course, they got Kidon Slovis from USC, <laughs> who is freshman, had 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions as a freshman, and at one point was considered a Heisman favorite and a first-round pick. So Pitt football is back, baby. That's all we can say. They're looking. They're, yeah. they're looking, they got another easy schedule next year. They got another. I, I easy think next year next looks really good. Like you, you have to take some doubts in without having Pickett, but 
before before we get too much into next season though logan you were at the acc championship had a really exciting first yeah i mean the whole game was exciting it kind of ran away with it at the end but it was a very uh competitive game oh, i cried when they won. i'm not i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not afraid to yeah, tell it. I, tell I, us I, about I the game i cried when that when they won i i bawled my eyes out it was incredible i never expected something like that to happen um no, it was, it was a great, Charlotte, absolutely beautiful city. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but yeah. Charlotte is an absolutely beautiful city. Um, great host. Um, a lot of Pitt fans. Um, I saw Paul Zeiss and Bill Hillgrove getting drunk together you know, at the bar, in a bar filled with Pitt fans before the game. Um, it was basically a sea of blue. Uh, I, could, I can make a joke right now. I really want to do it, but it would be rude. I, Go ahead, though. I'll stay. It, Bill Hillgrove's allowed to get drunk in public still. <laughs> yeah, stay away from the giant eagles. <laughs> it wasn't a giant eagle, I found out. It wasn't actually a giant eagle. It was uh, a uh, local it was a local pharmacy. No, that's not as fun. But anyway, um yeah, no, it was uh there were about 20, 20 or 30 of us that went down. Um we we had a whole road together and everyone in our section was standing the entire game. Um it was it was one of those crowds where everybody in our section was just energized from start to finish. Um, mixture of, of old pit fans that saw the team win in the eighties and the younger, the youngins like me who have never, have never seen the team, you know, win more than eight games. Um, and no, it was absolutely incredible. They played sweet Caroline at half at the, at the end of the third quarter for like five seconds. And the whole stadium was just crazy. It was it was a really good crowd. I mean, Pitt Lake Forest is not going to sell out an NFL stadium, but both fan bases definitely showed up, and both fan bases were very loud. I mean, up until the point where Wake Forest was getting blown out, then obviously their fans left. But both fan bases were loud while both teams were in the game for the first half. And obviously, the big thing that come from that was the fake slide which I don't think you could talk about Kenny Pickett and not bring up that fake slide. I didn't even see yeah. that that happened from where I was. I didn't see that, that he slid. I didn't know he did a fake slide till after the game till like hours after the game, when I was watching the highlights on my phone. And that was probably one of the cool, it definitely should be illegal. I'm, I'm a 100%. It, is. Sure. it already is. It is they now. Already changed yeah. it. it is now. So it, it should be, it should be, you know, I'm not going to deny that, but, one of the absolute coolest, smartest things I have ever seen to bend the rolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was amazing how quickly, like, all the, the highlight accounts were pumping that out there. Like, you know, this is amazing. Why has no one done this before? But the reaction to the highlights, immediate, like, oh, this has got to be illegal. And it was very quickly after. Well, I mean, yeah, in I the mean, moment, yeah. I you, mean, it was like, how can play. you? It's so cool to like that he was able to do it, and then, but then you have to like stop and sit there and you go, if you're the defensive back, there's nothing you can do. That's like so unfair to you because you're told pull up, pull up, don't don't ever hit him. Right. And then right, he just goes right. there and he just go. He runs right by you. But you saw like three guys stop because they're like, well, you yeah. could, you could. I mean, I'm not gonna excuse. I mean, you see somebody go a quarterback go for a slide. Obviously, you don't want to hit him and get the 15 yard penalty that would come with it. So I'm not going to excuse defender for basically saying, all right, this play's over. But you should still square up, you know, and get ready to tackle if he does, if he's just making a move. 
you know, like, like I'm not saying, I'm not saying you go in hard for and guard hard for the hit, but the defenders on wake Forest, they didn't square up. They completely gave up on the play too. And that's why Kenny took advantage of it. That being yeah. said, I mean, it obviously should be illegal because, you know, you're taking advantage of a role that's designed to protect you. Um, but it was really cool why it got happened. It's really cool and that a role a, is going to be named what a after legacy. Kenny Pitt player. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Kenny Pickett role is, is going to be absolutely insane. And it is shocking to me that nobody has done that before. Uh, I feel like, or at least, you know, somebody could have done it, but, you know, maybe not on the scale like not an ACC championship game, not a Heisman candidate that did it. You know, yeah. if it was if it was a smaller quarterback, like, you know, if if RMU's George Martin did it, you know, it <laughs> probably wouldn't be all over ESPN. No George you know? Martin role coming. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I didn't even know that it happened at the game. Like, I didn't see it. We were all going crazy. Just the fact that he broke off a 50-yard run. Um. But no, it was it was weird because going into that game, like, where you're always like, "Oh, Pitt's, you know, Pitt's gonna find a way to disappoint us," because they always find a way to to disappoint you, you know, because that's that's Pitt football. It's always getting, it's always figuring out how to get your hopes up, and then disappointing you, and then just in that entire game, I mean, the defense all year, that the secondary was crap. The defense played phenomenal in the second half, um, shut them out in the second half um defensive line stepped up once again you know kenny apparently kenny got hurt in that game and played hurt in the second half too um apparently he was in the injury tent for a little bit it was it was definitely one of i think it was it was not quite as 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 exciting as the wild card game that i went to the 2013 wild card game but it's probably number two on my sports list behind that. I would say. Definitely glad I went, even though I spent all my yeah. money. Definitely glad I went. Um, but yeah, and then I got the Peach Bowl this week or next week or two weeks. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about the immediate future for Kenny Pickett and Pitt. Uh, Pickett is opting out to prepare for the draft. Logan, do you think the the injury news has anything to do with that or even if he was 100% healthy he would have opted out of this bowl game well he he said because he got banged up um against Wake Forest now he still came back and played fine but he did get a little banged up against Wake Forest he did get banged up in the game a couple games prior to that and he said those both had an effect on it the bigger reason why he's not coming back is Mark Whipple left Pitt so he doesn't have an offensive coordinator um so that's that's the bigger more if Mark Whipple was coming back, if he was going to coach that game, then I think Kenny Pickett would play. Really? You don't think um, it was based on the, 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 the um, you know, low or the, the potential to get injured and really hurt himself? No, because right draft? after the ACC championship, he said, I'm definitely playing. And then Mark Whipple announced he was going to Nebraska. And then like a day later, Kenny Pickett was like, I, I'm going to reconsider whether or not I'm playing in the game. I think it was because he didn't. He would. He would have to have a new coordinator. Um, I mean, it, it's a combination of all that. But if you want to say like which was the biggest factor, it was that. Don't you um, think? I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. Don't you think like Narduzzi would have been in a position of like this is 
Pickett's final game. He's obviously extremely experienced in running this offense by himself to a degree. Can we put a little more responsibility on him and like this is his chance to by run out as QB and did, OC? By all indications, Narduzzi did not want Pickett to play. Um, because I mean, even Narduzzi came out and said, you know, if Pickett was to get hurt after all he gave with our program, I don't know if I could live with myself. Like that's almost word for word for what he said. I don't. I think. Narduzzi so let's ask like a philosophical question for a minute. What is the point of a of a bowl game? You no, know, it sucks that the college football playoff made a big bowl like the Peach Bowl, which is a still a New Year's Six bowl, seems so irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. I almost um, argue yeah. that these games are more irrelevant than. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but like the Idaho Potato Bowl, like it just doesn't feel like these because it's just like. I think those players are going to play because they want to play their final games. This one, it just feels like it's too big that it's a big game, but it doesn't feel like a game that matters to them as much compared well, to the players. Like they won their ACC championship, Michigan state. They didn't win the big 10. I don't think, but like, I feel like they've accomplished yeah. what they wanted. If you're a smaller, if you're playing in the random bowl, like you won eight games no, this year, you want that goal. final game that you feel like you accomplished something. This Pitt's one is a goal this season. Pitt's goal this season was to win the ACC championship. Everything else that's happened is 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 gravy. You know, Kenny becoming a Heisman candidate, going to be a first round pick, maybe the first quarterback taken in the draft. Um, the Blytenkoff winner, everyone returning, all of that. The ten win season, all of that is just gravy to the fact that they won an ACC championship. ACC championship was all the goal. Was the goal. You know, if they were to win the Peach, nobody. If they get blown out by Michigan State, no Pitt fans going to be upset about exactly. this. Exactly. You know, they they. Did and I think that's the problem. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that, Logan. But you, to echo what Spencer was saying, like, doesn't that make the Peach Bowl, and even though it's a New Year's Six Bowl, irrelevant? No, it does, and it, it is a problem. If Pitt, um, if Pitt finished like with nine or eight wins, and they were in the Sun Bowl and they lost, I think more Pitt fans would be mad about that. Compared to going to the Peach yeah, Bowl, yeah, but Kenny wouldn't, be, by Kenny wouldn't be playing in the Sun Bowl. It, it wouldn't make a difference on whether or not Kenny would be playing. Kenny would not play. In I the guess Sun I'm not Bowl. even arguing Kenny Pickett now. I mean, I kind of am, but at the same time, well, I, anybody just, I think to, it's that this this bowl game feels like that limbo. Of, so it doesn't really matter. Kenneth yeah. Walker's not playing for Michigan yeah, State. The running back. Anybody, yeah, which, real quick, you were talking before Logan about players that I think have made more of an impact on their team than anyone else. I think the quarterback for Cincinnati. I can't remember his name. And then Desmond Kenneth Ritter. Walker are the Desmond Ritter and Kenneth Walker are the two players, if I can think of, that are arguably have as just as much importance to, as Kenny Pickett does to Pitt. Um, I don't know if I'd say that for for as Pickett, but I think they're definitely important to their teams. I would say I they're mean, with they're in they're in the same realm as that. That's what I'm gonna say. But anyway, yeah. Um, but it's it's. I mean, I don't. It's. You know, they're making the smart decision. I think they're 100% making the smart decision because their draft stock, I mean, at this point, their draft stock's not going to improve by performance in that game. Oh, I won't. already being talked. Smart decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, it does suck that it, it's become in a, an irrelevant to play in a bowl game as big as that. Um, I don't know Maybe how you because of the either. college football playoff making it irrelevant because now it's, you know, get there or not uh, get yeah. there. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Um, but I mean, again, it's, it's, if, you know, if Pitt wins, you know, Pitt still has a chance to win. Nick Patty's not a bad quarterback. They have, 
They have enough weapons around the quarterback position that they can win. Michigan State's pass defense is one of the – I mean, their run defense is good, but their pass defense is arguably the worst in the country. So there is there is a chance that, that Pitt can still win, um, especially without Kenneth Walker playing. Now, would I put money on Pitt? No, I'm not going to put money on Pitt. I think betting on bowl games is stupid in general, you know. But they can still win. And if they do, it'll be, you know, it'll be cool. I'll get the T-shirt. But I went to Charlotte. I'm not going to go to Atlanta, you know, and I was never planning on going to Atlanta, you know, yeah. to, to see them in the Peach Bowl. Well, with your budget, yeah, definitely not planning that. <laughs> My budget, definitely not. But anyway, I mean, it's it's fun. It's good to have pit football in the year where all the other teams kind of suck. I mean, the Pens have gone better as late, uh, but they haven't been, you know, the Pens. You know, they haven't been they haven't been the dominant team in the in the in the NHL that that we've come to know them. There's still there's still a team that looks like they're going to squeak into the playoffs. Uh, the Steelers. Right. We'll, we'll talk about, let's talk about that later. I am not. A, I am not in agreement. They're the all, hottest team in the NHL right that, now. In yeah. The past twenty games, I think they've won let's, uh, let's fifteen of that. twenty or something like that. Yes, the Steelers. Yes, that is ridiculous. But I agree with the larger point that you're making, Logan. Which is, yes. had Pitt not won the ACC, what a terrible year for Pittsburgh sports this would have been. No, it was enjoy. I mean, they were the most exciting. Because it wasn't just like that they were winning; it's that they were winning in fun ways. Like when you watch yeah. the Steelers, like when you watch the Steelers win it this year, it's like miserable. Like that Titans it's game, it's not. You do not like, feel good like, after. You just feel like weird. There, it's like, just how the hell did they win this game? Like they don't deserve to win this game. Like you're you're, you're not sitting there coming away. Like, but then you watch, you know, Kenny Pickett uh, break tackles and throw for three hundred yards. You know, that's an enjoyable yeah, way yeah. To, to watch a team win. You know, but it went, but you watch like the Steelers win and you're just like, all right, well, this team's just going to get smoked in the playoffs. Like, it's not that enjoyable to watch them win. Um, that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing, though. I mean, not, not get off topic is that like they're still there. I don't know how the Steelers hey, are they, there, but they are. They can, if they went out, they, they fit, they, uh, my record prediction was right or almost right. It was a half game off. I think I had 10 and eight, 10 and seven. So, yeah, they what a weird season. We'll talk about that in a minute. The, the last thing I want to talk about with Pitt is the, the long-term future for Kenny Pickett. We're starting to get some mock drafts out for the 2022 NFL draft. They pretty unanimously have Pickett going as the first quarterback to be picked and pretty high in the draft, like way higher than the Steelers pick. Logan, is there any hope in your mind of the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting Kenny Pickett? So... I mean, I think there's hope. I think they're 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 obviously going to start looking at a succession plan. Um, Just to I mean, put it in the context to. of like, if the Steelers truly were targeting Pickett as their pick, the the latest mock draft to come in today I think, was from CBS. I think if the, if the they Steelers have they have Pickett believed... going seventh to Carolina overall, seventh overall. So like Steelers in that scenario would have to trade up from 17 to get it. I don't know. So I think Kenny's a good quarterback. I think he's the most pro ready out of the guys that are, you know, in the draft, mainly because he's been a starter for four years. Agreed. In a game. Um, but, and, and he has a lot of tools that, you know, going into this season, I, uh, before this college football season, I was saying Kenny would be a long-term backup in the NFL. Like he's, uh, he's, he's good enough to be a long-term backup, backup dependable, you know, now 
I think he's kind of like Dak Prescott in the sense that if you put a team good enough around them, he could be a franchise quarterback, but he's not going to be like Mahomes and go out there and win MVPs and be the reason, you know, the reason your team is in the Super Bowl. But if you have a team around him, he can definitely get you there. He's not going to be a liability. You know, he's not going to be the reason you're not there. Um, Kenny Pickett's arms, I mean, his deep ball is unbelievable. His deep ball was unbelievable this year. Um, his, his awareness was phenomenal. I mean, you knew that coming in because he was, you know, a starter for four years that he was going to be smart with the ball. Um, he's, he's, by all accounts, a phenomenal leader um, and a workhorse. Um, again, you know, he wanted to play in the Peach Bowl. It, it seems pretty obvious that he was talked out of it. Um, so he's a workhorse. He's a competitor. There's a lot of traits that suggest that he should be the first quarterback taken. That being said, it's also a pretty weak quarterback draft. I wouldn't take him in the top 10. Um, I think that's, I think that's just overdrafting a quarterback to overdraft a quarterback. And, you know, if I was the Panthers who they say are going to take them, I'd roll with Sam Darnold for one more year. I mean, you gave up a lot of draft capital to trade for him, you know, and he's, he's a former, you know, first overall pick. You might as well stick with him for another year while the quarterback draft is going to get better. Eventually. I mean, you got Caleb Williams in two years. Um, who is going to be, you know, first overall pick in two years. If you really want a quarterback, you know, just tank two years from now, get the guy that's going to be an MVP candidate. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't, I, I think the Steelers, if the Steelers truly believe in Kenny Pickett, I think they trade up to get him. I think they would. Because keep in mind, it's also going to be, Kevin Colbert's also not likely to come back. And Kevin Colbert's the one that, you know, has been against trading picks. So that strategy of trading yeah. picks will be gone. Um, but I don't think that's what the Steelers – I don't think Tomlin wants a rookie quarterback. I don't think they're – I think they're more likely to go with the veteran. I think they're more – I honestly would say they're more likely to trade for Aaron Rodgers, and I think that is a bit ridiculous. You know, I think that would be more likely of a possibility than them than drafting Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I, think, I think somebody that fits and checks a lot of boxes – and I think will be the Steelers' next quarterback is somebody that a lot of people haven't talked about. And I think that's Jimmy Garoppolo, who very quietly has been a stud in San Francisco this year. I didn't realize that team was playoff bound until like literally 20 minutes ago. Yep. They're, they're in the, they're not only are they playoff bound, they're, they're, they're comfortably they look, in. Them and like the Colts are like the top two wildcard teams that like look like they can make a run by how they're built. Yeah, the 49ers are sneaky good. I mean, I wouldn't say they're, like, great, but they're sneaky good. And it's up for grabs for anyone in this league this year. Like, anyone. Anyone, yeah. yeah. I think if Garoppolo stays healthy, which is a big if. He's a very, very good quarterback. I think he fits a lot of what the Steelers look for. Um, and I think he's also not going to be – he's not going to be too expensive to the point that you know, you can still draft a rookie quarterback and have him develop behind Garoppolo if you wanted to and have Garoppolo be the bridge guy. I think Garoppolo makes the most sense for the Steelers next year. Um, he's Again, he's not going to be expensive to get like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson would be. 
Um, those two are obviously going to cost not just a lot of draft capital, but a lot in salary cap space. Garoppolo would be a free agent because um, I don't think the Niners are going to bring him back after they just spent a first round pick on Trey Lance. He's coming off of a really good year and he's really has, he's really been very good. I mean, I believe his records, he's like 39 and nine or something like that. 30 and nine as a starter. So he's been, re- and plus he got to a Super Bowl. You know, he should have won that Super Bowl, but his defense blew it. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think, I think that's the next Steelers quarterback, to be honest. I, I think Kenny Pickett, it would be awesome. It would be a great dream. But I don't think Kenny Pickett, I, I wouldn't trade up for him. If he falls, if the Steelers, if he falls to the Steelers, or, if, you know, if the Steelers trade up a little bit, like a few spots for him, that's one thing. I wouldn't trade into the top 10 for him. As much as I love the guy, I wouldn't trade into the top 10 for him. Before we get into like more of a Steelers discussion, Spencer, do you do you agree with that? And if he's on the board at 17, should the Steelers change their plan? Like, should he be their number one target to acquire if he's still there that low in the first round? If he's on the board for that long, I kind of I will be surprised. And it's to the point where, like, yeah, you have to change. I think there's, you know, you could make that with yeah. a, uh, make that observation with a couple of players that are up in the top of the board that they're there. Even if you don't really need that, you, you still take it. But uh, I don't see I don't see him dropping that far. I think Carolina might take him. I could see Atlanta taking him. Uh, kind of have Matt Ryan work with him a little bit. Um, I I don't see him dropping. And the Steelers need offensive line bad. They need offensive line bad. So I think they're going to draft that if anything. Um, but yeah, I, I, if he's there, sure. But is he going to be there? No. And you're not going to go after him to try and get up there. Well, the good yeah. two. Good I, I, I don't see a scenario where he is still on the board. On the board because because all these Mark drops have two quarterbacks going before the Steelers' first round pick with Matt Coral going as well. Um, but you mentioned the offensive line, and like that's what des- is desperately needed. A lot of these Mark drafts have the Steelers getting like the fifth to ninth best offensive lineman in the draft that low do you think if, if they do nothing they don't straight up they stay with pick 17 and they get at best the fifth best offensive lineman in the draft is that an acceptable outcome for a team that is is kind of squandering like we'll talk about their winning games to still make the season interesting but this is not a poor group of guys you want to ride into the future with without more talent right i guess the question is how deep is the lineman draft when it comes to how, how deep is this draft class for linemen well, there's Fair. a few yeah. things working for the Steelers. Um, the first thing is is that this is a very weak quarterback draft. And at the same time, there are not a lot of teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. I mean, think about even the teams like Carolina, like we mentioned. They could draft a quarterback, but they have Sam Darnold. You know, they could just – it would be totally reasonable for them to stick with Sam Darnold. Detroit. Detroit's not going to take a quarterback number two overall because there's not a quarterback good enough for number two overall. And they have Jared Goff, who, yes, he's not that great of a quarterback, but he's still been to a Super Bowl. He was still a first all, he was still a, a top, you know, five pick. He's still somebody you can reasonably another year. Um, you mentioned the Falcons. You know, it makes sense for the Falcons at some point to draft the apparent hair apparent to Matt Ryan. But at the same time, the Falcons may feel comfortable with just sticking with Matt Ryan for one more year 
and drafting somebody else. They had a chance to get a much better quarterback last year, and they passed up on a quarterback for Cal Pitts. Um, where they could have got, you know, Mac Jones, who has been unbelievable in New England this year. They, they um, Washington is probably, I think, the team most likely to take a quarterback. But even then, I mean, I think they've been impressed with how Taylor Heineke has played this year. But Washington seems to be the only team where there's no clear future at quarterback position. Or there's at least no there's no reasonable argument to be made. Because, you know, obviously Jacksonville is not going to take a quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. The Jets aren't going to take a quarterback. Houston, Houston could take a quarterback because they're going to trade the Sean Watson. So Houston, um, David Mills has been up and down there as a rookie. And he obviously wasn't a high, you know, draft choice. So I think it's totally reasonable that a quarterback falls to the Steelers. It's a very deep defensive draft. Um, I haven't really looked at the linemen. I would not like if the fifth or ninth best lineman in the draft, especially when the Steelers have, you know, a shit ton of cap space available this offseason that they can address the offensive line in free agency. You know, they don't need they don't need to address the draft because of how the Steelers. I know the Steelers are never have never been a, a, a team to go out and sign big name free agents or sign a lot of free agents, but they have a lot of cap space this offseason. Um, and that and if they're likely going to get the fifth best offensive lineman, you know, as much as that O line needs work, you might as well just just sign five guys as opposed to drafting one. And then because there's other issues on that team. You know, defensive line's been weak. You know, granted, two, it's been hurt, and that's a big reason. Um, the middle linebacker position has been weak. Devin Bush has been a big has been a major disappointment, and Joe Sherbert has been even worse. For whatever reason, they didn't extend Terrell Edmonds for his fifth year option. I still don't understand why they didn't. I thought he was good good enough player, but they might need somebody at safety. Joe Hayden's 32 years old and still their best cornerback. You know, they have wide receivers who, besides Deontay Johnson, can't catch a ball. You know, there's a, there's a lot of holes on that roster that I wouldn't be upset if they chose to fill another hole as opposed to getting the fifth through the ninth best offensive lineman. That being said, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to them drafting an alignment, but I just think you can go out and fix it up in free agency. Cody, you yeah, want to enough. talk this podcast or now? <laughs> we'll let the Steelers expert take care of it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, especially as we talk about the draft, it's worth talking about the future of the team, but I think for the purposes of this episode, and what I'm going to say is how weird this current season has been before we look too much to the future. Um, I mean, what uh, I, we talked about it earlier, just how bad the whole league is. And I think one of the things that has stuck with me was during the, the Ravens game, uh, you had Tony Romo at one point being like, 
you know, you look at the Ravens and they're so bad in all these statistical categories. And yet they're out here with this great record. You know, that means they're a great team. They're taking over all of these uh, problems that they have. And they're, they're able to come together and win all these games, even this in spite of these problems. Like, no, Tony, they're, they're just bad. And the rest of the league is bad. And they're winning games that they shouldn't be because the teams they're playing that should be beating them aren't good enough to beat them. And, and so you have the Steelers last week picking up a win. They probably should not have had, and they keep it interesting. And you know the playoff, the wild card spot, still completely up in the air. Um, and what my fear is, is the Steelers come out of this season as, as a wild card. It, they get in the playoffs, they have a decent record at the end of it, and we keep up this facade that we have been for years in Pittsburgh that everything is fine. There is no problem. Keep Tomlin around. We don't need to make any big changes. You got, just got to tweak the offensive line, make the defense well, a little what? better, and everything is fine. And that is I'll... my fear that at the end of the season, we're going to just, again, say everything is fine when that is just not the case because the rest of the league is bad. We should not hold the Steelers to that lower standard. There's seven, six, and one with this roster, and you think that they should move on from Tomlin? Tomlin's clearly. Do you think seven six? Do you think seven six and one? After the last three years with the shitty rosters that he's been given, and and then the fact that that they went eight and eight with Duck Hodges, then they started off eleven and zero last year with the shitty ass offense, and then this year with how bad that they have looked, and they're still in playoff. You think Tomlin? You don't think Tomlin could be the guy to 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 go? I'm not saying that they shouldn't that they shouldn't, you know, start to transition to the next era. But how, how can you say that Tomlin cannot be a part of the next era when he's done really good with shitty teams? See, I think this is this is part of the part of the problem though. And this is was written pretty universally in in Pittsburgh media, all the beat writers two, three weeks ago when the Steelers were coming off bad losses, that every time you bring it up, like maybe Tomlin shouldn't be the the guy of the long-term future or even bring up the suggestion that maybe the team should move on from him or make a larger change on the coaching staff. Everyone's like, well, look at the past. Look at the past. Look at all this stuff. Don't you think that the most games of this season, the Steelers have just gotten lucky with their wins and it's the no, rest I of the week that's I bad? Like, You cannot possibly look at the Steelers and think that they are doing a good job or that Mike Tomlin has done a good job this season. I can, I can think Mike Tomlin's done a good job. I can't think that you now, legitimately think that Mike Tomlin has done a good job. Yeah, because a big reason why a lot of these team, a lot of the, the these games that they won, that these games that they have won is because of the second half performances of the Steelers. And, and when we can look back at the Titans game, the Titans game, you know, the most recent example, they shut them out in the second half defensively. Um. But on the flip side, Logan, the reason they've lost games that they shouldn't have is because of their terrible first half performance, which isn't that a a lack of of preparation? Or is it a lack of personnel? They have no offensive line that's any relevant to be close. They they have, and that's not on Tomlin. That's on the GM. Now, I'm not saying Tomlin's perfect. I'm not saying Tomlin is Bill Belichick, all right? But in terms of, of terms of top five coaches in the league, why would you get rid of a guy who is clearly one of the best coaches in the league 
just because you want to change. I mean, now, are there things in the Steelers culture that need changed? Yes. The fact that they only hire coordinators from within the team needs to be changed because Matt Canada has clearly not done a good job changing um, calling plays this year. Granted, his personnel sucks, but he's not done a good job calling plays either. Has the play calling has been good. Um, They can't keep, you know, this mindset that they can just draft and develop while the rest of the league, like the Rams, go out and stockpile, you know, all this talent on their team through trades. They need to start branching out more. There, there are things the culture that do need to be changed, but I don't think that's on Tom, but I think that's on ownership. I think, I think honestly, the, the biggest problem with the Steelers, the biggest problem with the Steelers comes from the top, from the tippy top, from the Roonies, in the sense that there's this, this egotistical mindset that we've won six Super Bowls, that we haven't had a losing season since the early 2000s by doing the Steelers way, even though the rest of the league is changing around them. I wish Bob Dunner was the that. owner of the Steelers. So <laughs> I, and I think, I think that's where, I think that's where I don't, I don't think it's Tomlin. I think Tomlin, Tomlin's a great coach. He's still young. He's a great coach to, to lead the next, to lead the next era in. They can totally transition when they haven't started losing with him yet. You know, it's, he hasn't been getting good personnel and he hasn't gotten good personnel because of this Steelers way that has remained stagnant, even though the rest of the league has changed around them. You know, at some point you need to evolve. And I think that comes down from ownership. I think that comes down from the GM position, which they will be getting a new GM in the next few years, you know, most likely after this season. Um, but no, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't think Tomlin deserves – you know, I mean, obviously there's things that you can point at with him as like you can with every coach. But I think when you have a top five coach in the NFL, I don't think you get rid of him. Especially when his team still loves to play for him. You know, he hasn't lost a lot. To be clear, lot. I am not coming out and, and drawing this hard line that my opinion is Mike Tomlin should be gone after the season. What I'm saying is my, my fear is we look back at this season at the end as successful based off of the record and lose the story, which was abysmal losses to very bad teams, whether it be from lack of personnel or lack of preparation from the coaching staff. Regardless of what the root cause was, the Steelers lost a lot of games this year that they had no business losing. And if you add those on as wins to genuinely good games that the Steelers have played, whether it be this past week uh, against the Titans or against the Ravens two weeks before that, you have an actual decent team that deserves to be in the playoffs. Whereas they might make it in as a wild card this season. Right. But did they really feel like they belong there? I don't know. Spencer, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I don't it's such a weird season, right? Exactly. And that's the problem is that if the Steelers made the playoffs, I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked, shocked. I would be, I'd be surprised. I used this already before, but like with how crazy the season is and how there's an extra spot now in the playoffs, like what, seven yeah. teams get in it. Like, it's not something that I would be like, oh, I, I 
they don't this there's no way they should be here if everybody else is stumbling to the finish line the Steelers somehow have two legs or walk and everybody else is walking with one then yeah but it's I don't know I I don't expect them to beat Kansas City next week I don't think anyone does which is why they're going to beat Kansas City next week because they refuse to play bad against good teams and they play good against bad teams except for or they play bad against uh, bad teams with the exception being the Cincinnati Bengals they can't beat Cincinnati but um well Cincinnati's a good team exactly that's what I'm saying like they'll play up to good teams no yeah yeah and except for Cincinnati and then they'll play down to bad teams but um yeah I don't I don't know i at this point of the season and with this season, I'm not going to act like I know one way or another, to be honest. Well, some interesting statistics I'm just going to pull up. Um, so right now, there's only three teams out of it in the AFC. The Texans, the Jaguars, the Jets. Every other team is at least seven and seven. It's at least 500 through 14 weeks. <laughs> I'm going to read some point differentials from these teams. The Dolphins, who were one in, I believe, were one in six at one point this year, are now seven and seven. Yep. Their point, their point differential minus twenty-seven. All right. The Steelers, seven six and one, their point differential. Minus 40, uh, minus 40, uh, 49. The Browns, seven and seven, point differential minus, minus 13. The big one, the Raiders, who just beat the Browns, seven and seven, their point differential minus 75. So there's a lot of bad teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like not just bad, but really bad teams that are in the hunt here. I mean, even the teams that have looked good at points this year, the Ravens have stagnated. They've lost three in a row. The Ravens, I saw <laughs> the best thing I saw was the Ravens don't know whether they want to be a good team or a bad team. And I think that that resonates so well with the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Yeah, the Ravens have stagnated. They've lost three in a row. Real um, quick on the Ravens, off. what are your thoughts on this Harbaugh going for two twice in three weeks to decide oh, whether or not the it. game was won? No, I, I hate it. it. Not this I week. I love it. No. I love it. I love it the first time. I yep. hate it the second time. I was like, I, I was glad that they didn't get it, not because it's the Ravens. I mean, it is, but also, like, you have the greatest kicker of all time, yeah. and you're going for okay. it. If they're not going to beat they're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers in overtime with their backup quarterback. All right. They got him that far. They're not going to beat Aaron Rodgers in overtime with their backup quarterback. But isn't it Logan worth at least giving them the opportunity to do that? Who had the momentum? They at the gave end of that them game? the opportunity. Ravens is also, also, you can say, who, who you cares? can argue who they gave who them the, the quarterback is. They, you can argue they, the coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, so you're saying they should take a coin flip over putting their offense out there and having faith in their team to get it with the two-point conversion? Absolutely. The odds also, of converting an NFL two-point conversion have to be significantly less than the odds of winning a coin flip. That play you have a quarterback. You have a quarterback with mobility in Tyler Huntley. You have, a, you have an offense that 
was driving the ball down the field very easily against Green Bay on that last drive. So isn't that the reason you have that no if business, they just... You have no business being in that game in the first place. You go for two. You, you try and steal it, that win. So you're telling Here's me why that, I don't like it. You're telling me that they had such a good offense at the end of that game that they couldn't do the exact same thing in overtime? I think they're more likely – I think they're a lot more likely to score on that two-point conversion than beat Aaron Rodgers in overtime. No, I don't. And you know why? Because that play call was awful. Everybody and their mother knew it was going to Mark Andrews. Everybody. <laughs> Every single Mark person. Mark is the best tight end in the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, so he got doubled. The guy, who, the, the DB who blocked that, he cheated it over. Was poorly, it, was, it was poorly executed and good play by the defense. I'm not going to deny that. But that doesn't mean the call to go for it was wrong. You can say the play call was dumb. You can change the play call. Here's, but here's why I think two, the call to go for it was wrong. I, I think it was wrong, because especially the second time. You are losing, like uh, – what's the word here you're losing faith in your players and your coaching ability right like how demoralizing is it to go through that twice in three weeks when those guys were going out onto the field when those guys were going out onto the field to go for that two-point conversion you know it was in the back of their head like why are we doing this if you go out and you lose an overtime to aaron Rodgers, you put everything out on the field you gave it everything you had we lost when you put draw a line in the sand like arbitrarily we're going to go for this too if we don't get it we lose if we do get it we win you didn't leave everything on the field because you had a third option which was go to overtime and fight and try to win ironically yeah i I mean obviously this isn't a good reason but dakota's right in the sense that they were afraid of aaron Rodgers. they knew they couldn't beat him and that's that's kind of indicative of the team no that's not i don't know rogers Prove it. Come I mean, on. if you're a coach, isn't that saying you have no faith in your guys? That like I'm not even going to attempt to prove that we can beat him. No faith in his guys when he sends them out there for a two point conversion to win the game. That's the ultimate faith in your guys. I you I I'm exact opposite. I think the exact opposite. I think it's the exact opposite, Logan. With, with your backup quarterback, with your backup quarterback, if you that is all that is all faith. That is so much I, faith. I disagree. I, I think I'm going. I think this is what Spencer was saying too. But by sending him out there, you're saying we have no chance in overtime. So maybe we'll get lucky on this two point conversion and and win right here. Holy because I have no faith in you to beat Aaron oh. Rodgers in overtime. I, I, I think reason. So like, here's the thing with the Steelers is they have a tough schedule, but so does the rest of the division. Each division's each division's team. Each team in the AFC North is facing two divisional opponents and a third team that is a playoff contender. You know, I believe two of them play. I think, I think the Ravens also play the Chiefs. Or not the Ravens. The Ravens already played the Chiefs. I think the, it's the Bengals and the Browns also play the Chiefs. They play them after the Steelers do. So it would be the Bengals then. Yeah, it would be the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals play the Chiefs still. Um, the Browns, the Steelers play the Browns, and you know I think the Steelers, the, the Browns are a complete dumpster fire right now. Um, which you know, this goes back into you know the, the organization talks. It's 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 a lot easier for for good organizations to figure out how to win when times get tough than it is for a bad organization to figure out how to win when times get tough. But the Browns are just look like a dumpster fire right now. Um. 
Baltimore has lost three games in a row. The first one being that loss to the Steelers. Cincinnati. Now, the Cincinnati, we can say as a tiebreaker over the Steelers, but that doesn't really matter because they're not going to tie because the Steelers have that bullshit tie against the Lions. But Cincinnati also has a tough three-game stretch. They face Baltimore one more time. They face Cleveland one more time. And they face Kansas City as well. Um, in division games, you know, can still go away. It's very realistic for the Steelers to win this division. It is very Isn't that real- insane. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, it's what I predicted at the beginning of the year. So it's not that insane. But, yeah. And I'm you know, sure this is the, the exact path you thought, too. Yep. Logan, why do you think Cincinnati? I thought Baltimore and Cleveland would be better than they are. And I thought Cincinnati would be worse. But no, I mean, it's, it's weird. I think there's a few, because even, you know, the Bills, for example, have a point differential of like 150, but have just looked awful lately, you know, in a few of their games. And they got a game against New England. New England's winning streak just ended, but New England has looked great with Mac Jones. Their defense is phenomenal. And then Kansas City has figured things out. Besides those three, I mean, and maybe the Chargers too. The Chargers have looked great the past couple of months. But besides, like, there's really just no team in the in the AFC that just looks good. And even those, even those teams that we that I just mentioned have all had really bad stretches this year. You know, I mean, the, the Chiefs started off one and three. And then you go over to the NFC. And who in the NFC looks really good? The Cardinals just lost the Lions. You know, the Rams added all that talent, and then they went on a losing streak. You know, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady just got shut out for the first time in 15 years against the Saints. They lost the freaking, um, what's his name's their quarterback? Um, they're, that running back, that white guy. Um, Taysom Hill. Yes, Taysom, thank you, Taysom Hill. I don't know. It's going to be an extremely weird, weird season, an extremely weird playoffs. And I have no idea who's going to end up winning the Super Bowl. It can be anyone. I think Green Bay is the only team that has looked consistently great throughout the course of the season. But Matt LaFleur has also lost back-to-back NFC championship games. So who knows? I agree. I think that's a good spot to end it. it it's wide open. We will uh, we'll see what happens. What is not wide open is the NHL season. It's closed. They paused it until after Christmas because of COVID outbreaks among many teams. Do you guys think this is a sign of what's to come in other leagues, or is this uh, specific to the NHL problem? I think it's specific to the NHL. I don't think the NFL has basically said we're going to we're going to play like the end. The NBA, Adam Silver did come out and say that we're trying to live with it. Right. And the NFL has always been more of the um, conservative of the leagues in terms politically in the sense that they're they've always operated more of, of a business in the dollar line for the dollar line first. I don't see either of those two leagues shutting down anytime soon. Um, I think if if I'm one of the other leagues, I I don't see the NFL like being worried about it. It 
it's just easier to manage in that environment, right? Like versus the NHL, um, NHL locker room gets into an outbreak. I think it's a lot harder to contain than the NFL, but they really didn't have a choice. The NHL, they were like up to almost 20% of the players in the league were on the COVID list. So they really didn't have a choice, but to just pause everything and hope that that comes down after the holidays. You know, we could talk about it. I don't think there's really anything new we can add to the conversation, but what's interesting is one of the, the domino effects of this pause is the NHL Players Association has now ended the agreement with the league for the Olympics, and there will be no NHL players participating in the Olympics, which is one of the bigger losses. Um, Crosby was talking about it today and how disappointed he is. Are we losing the last great Olympics for Sidney Crosby, do you think? I mean, for Sidney Crosby, yeah, unfortunately. Um, I, I think he'll play another one, though, but still. Um, I think there's a couple things real quick just to go off of everything. Number one, the reason they got out was because if a player tests positive in China, they have to stay there three to five weeks, which is insane almost, arguably. That's the, the, the protocols that China's put in. So the NHL wanted to pull their players out so that someone doesn't get stuck in China if they get it right at the end of the – tournament or something like that i think that's how does that game. make any sense what that policy oh i don't know how does that make <laughs> i don't know i can't that's... i can't think of a single good reason for that but anyway, that was the reason they cited though and that was and i yeah, agree that's a good reason i did not know that yeah i would yeah insane. i would i would leave 100 percent too if, if i was told i had to stay there for three weeks if that is absolutely five. insane how does um Delaying things for four days prevent the spread of COVID. It doesn't, but that's a different story. That, first off, also, everybody's like, this is a shutdown. They moved up the, the break one day, and they moved up the comeback one day. I don't know if anyone ever re- – I don't know if anyone realized that. They're just – they're coming back a day early, and they, they're leaving a day early. Um, so, like, right. it, I, if anything, I think that's just kind of nicer for the fa- the players that they can go home and celebrate, like, Christmas Eve. And, they, like, they can settle themselves in for Christmas, yeah. personally. But um, the other thing I think that the NHL has the biggest issue with and is, I think, crossing the border is also tough. I know the Canadian um, – obviously, they have a lot of teams in Canada compared to the NBA, which only has one, and the NFL, which has zero. Uh, if you test positive in Canada, you have to stay there for a while too. You can't cross the border. Um, so that was an issue too. Bringing players, they had to shut down, play, like bringing, they didn't want to go up there, some teams, in the sense that if they get, they had to leave their players there for extra days, um, which is just a, ha- a hassle out of anything. Um, I don't, I don't see, not at this point, I don't see the NHL stopping. I don't see any league stopping entirely. Uh, you will see games canceled. I think the nice thing about leaving the Olympics is that they have that whole time where they're going to play games during that. They'll reschedule right. stuff, which is nice. I think that's good and smart by the NHL. Um, but I, I don't see them. I don't see them. Um, I hate to use the term burning through the, the league in, in a sense, but I think that if, if so many players are getting it, so many that I think it, it'll not arguably go away, but it will go through them 
fast enough where they don't have to, it's not just like a month or two months of these guys not being able to play. But I think, you know, the hardest part is getting through that, which is right now. Um, but I don't, you don't see any other leagues. I, I don't, I think society as a whole, I mean, there's still, you know, Penguin games still had thousands of fans, even the ones in Canada, they're, they're at full capacity of what they're allowed. I just think a lot of people are done. There are a lot of players that are criticizing it. I know the GM for the Red Wings, Steve Eiserman, is criticizing the policy that if they're asymptomatic, they can't test. They have to wait two days to test negative to get through when compared to like the NFL where you can test the next day if you're negative, uh, you're fine, I believe is what it is. Um, there are some players are arguing like, why are we, why I'm asymptomatic? Why do I have to play, uh, at this point with vaccines and boosters and everything like that? I, I kind of agree, honestly, I hate saying it. It, I'm sorry to say it if you don't agree with me, but if you have no symptoms, these guys are not, there's nothing wrong with them. And I don't see a reason as to why they shouldn't at least be arguably playing or arguably have their time cut shorter well here's what i don't get the the nhl has only there's and gary bettman announced this there's only four players in the nhl that aren't vaccinated it's only one now only one now so i don't know where you got that information there's only one it's tyler bertuzzi for the detroit red wings he had had covid last uh he had covid like two weeks ago he can't play in canada um fun fact um there's only one player that's not vaccinated. So I get that. First of all, how does the breakup happen? How does this, how do these breakouts happen in a league that is almost at 100% oh, vaccinated? I don't want to get into it. Whereas the other, the other leagues are, are a little bit above 50% and have not had breakouts nearly as bad. They're That's higher the, than that. But, but still, you get my point though. All right. I just, I think back to the environment. To answer that question, Logan, I think the environment has a lot to do with it. Like, mm. you're just way to an extent, right? You're like, telling me the you, NBA and the NHL have different environments completely when they're both in a locker room. No, no, in no that's, I, I agree. That is a mystery to me how the NBA has managed it. I mean, the NBA the is way that they have. There's no doubt, but. Right, right. Well, you see, the Kyrie um, Irving's going to be playing. Yeah, they're. De- they're they're desperate. I, I, I found that at least funny. The, the Nets are a little desperate, but he can't I, even I play knew, in New York. I knew so that stupid. one of them was going to give in. I knew one of them was going to give in. I knew Kyrie wasn't going to give in. You've know, if you've heard Kyrie long enough. Hey, respect to Kyrie for – I mean, it's, it's like you could say can that we, he's, he's an idiot. Can we talk about the policy? But respect to a man it. sticking to his guns. <laughs> can we talk about this policy, though, real quick? He can't play in New York because – he work, he plays for a New York team, so he works in the state of New York. But like example, Bradley Beal, who's not vaccinated, can play in New York because he doesn't work there. <laughs> it's who who Crazy. where is the consistency in anything that has happened in the past two years? It's so dumb. So I mean, I'm sure that's some him, him bizarre legal in, thing. Uh, they're, they're talking about him playing on the road, which I thought was funny. He can't play in Canada, obviously, <laughs> but they don't really care that much. The Raptors aren't that good this year. Um, yeah, it's I I do laugh at that, but I knew you knew Kyrie was going to hold out. He doesn't. He has nothing to lose and everything to gain. And he and the oh, Nets he has like need thirty him. million dollars to lose. No, nah, <laughs> he's he not getting paid. He he's doesn't not need that. Paid, he doesn't need not, that. I'm telling you. But I yeah, he, he probably doesn't need it. But you're telling me that he, nobody would. You tell me he wouldn't want it. 
I think he knew that they were going to come to him before he was going to have to go to them. I mean, I kind of respect it, to be honest, sticking to your guns. I respect it, honestly, as much as I don't agree with it. I respect yeah, I, it. I, I mean, I think you should just get the vaccine, too. But I mean, I kind of respect the. Uh... Um, but going back to the NHL, I, I don't see them stopping. I don't see any league stopping because you just kind of look in America now. There's no businesses as a whole that are closing. Movie theaters aren't being right. shut down. Right. You can go to oh, your local. Spider-Man just made $250 million in a week. Exactly. Second, and I think, largest, second I largest think of all time. The NHL, there was a couple of people that were talking about it. Connor Hellebuck of the Jets, um, goalie for the Blues. I forget his name. He was talking about, they're talking about how they're being so consistently monitored compared to the rest of society. And yes, they're held at a higher standard. They make millions of dollars. They make, they do all this. The last thing they do is for the people to get seriously sick and injured, but you go any other business, even the ones that we work at, we're not consistently being tested. And I guarantee you, if they were doing that right now at our, our places, there would be people who would be testing positive when they have no symptoms or minimal symptoms and it would wipe out our business, but they don't. And the, 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 um, the players are saying like, why are, obviously they understand why they're being held to the higher level, but they're frustrated with the fact that they're being held to this higher level and it's, impeding on their own job i just don't get that that is a very interesting point actually that i have never considered is why why is and i don't think society is doing it so why are the leagues doing it to themselves that's what the nfl has been yelling about the watch i know washington had like 20 20 players on their covid list i think like 15 of them are asymptomatic or something like that or they were before they replaced the uh policies so like in theory, it's not that I do not disagree with like the pause to try to contain the outbreaks, but to the larger question, why find out that there's an outbreak to begin with? Like to, if you compare it to a Walmart, there's probably an equal number of employees at the, the nearest this thing, Walmart to the stadium than, you know, the number of people working with the team. And if, if, if this virus, uh, that's an interesting question. If this was hurting the player, the, the type of people that are playing in the National Hockey League, if they were consistently getting hospitalized, they're consistently getting seriously sick. I could clearly understand why they would want to consistently adhere to these things. But the fact that right now in, in December of 2021, when a lot of these breakouts and a lot of these things are people who are fully vaccinated and also have zero to minimal symptoms and they have no effects that have causing them to adhere to their playing abilities or anything like force them to go into a hospital or something like that no i i so, agree i think if if, a, if you're going to tell that the league's basically 100 percent vaccinated then you sh- also should not be the only league to to shut down and that players. yes and that is why uh, that being the said, players are asking questions because they're yeah. saying i got this vaccine i'm doing this everyone else in society I, so, is moving forward why are we not but, but i think i, I think, think what you got to think about too is um how many people the players come into contact with that are part That's of That's what I was going to say. Right. And I mean, the team officials, all, all the, all the people that work for the team, you know, it's, it would be a very, very, very bad PR disaster. If an outbreak was to happen among the team officials, among team officials that weren't vaccinated because a player got them sick I believe they're required. And some of those guys, some of the, and some of those team officials, you know, media relations people or 
you know, whoever would come into contact with a player, a health, a trainer or something like that, was, was to be hospitalized because of it. That would be a PR disaster. So I get that. But at the same time, you, I don't think you can, you can use this goodwill PR of we're a basically 100% vaccinated and yet we're going to shut down the league and then shut down the league. Exactly. It's such a bad look. First off, it's a bad look for society that this vaccine isn't working in the sense that it's not bringing us back to normal. I'm sorry if you don't agree with that, but if, if you think I got this vaccine so we get back to normal and you're watching the NHL, who's 99.9% vaccinated and it's clearly not, and they have to shut down, then you're starting to ask yourself, what are we doing right now? So at some point, at some point you just have to go. Got to bite the bullet. At some point you just have to go. We need to learn how to live with this. At and I think to the NHL, to these leagues frustration, like I, I understand their frustration and that they are really the professional sports leagues are the only ones in business that are being responsible about it. Right. And, and are testing all of their employees daily and have so much data on the outbreaks that I feel like Gary Bettman and the heads of the other down to the team level should be out saying, why are we the only ones being responsible about this and holding ourselves to a higher standard than literally the rest of society? Well, even college. And, I mean, and to that, I, I totally understand the frustration. Michigan football as a team went to, um, went to a pharmacy the other day as a team and all got the booster shot. You know, like this isn't just like, this isn't just like at the professional level too. Like the colleges, even the college yep. athletes and the college coaches and the college players are holding their programs to higher standards and the conferences are holding their stuff. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, obviously the bigger sports, I mean, I'm sure people in the, the men's soccer team, they probably don't care as much as people on the football team. Um, but it, it is being held to a much higher standard in professional sports, you know, and it's basically like, I mean, but this goes back, doesn't this really go back to the start of the pandemic? Because what was really the first major thing? Well, when, when did we all look at the pandemic and go, oh, shit, this it was is March what, Madness. For me, it was that or Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert getting his first, the first down case. When March Madness got postponed. It was sports that caused us to all look and go, oh, shit, maybe this pandemic is a real problem. You know? So maybe that's, you know, that's probably part of the reason as to why sports is also the, you know, it's almost like the figurehead of when are things going to return back to normal? You know, because then look at all the other the major events that we're going to talk about that happen in sports. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about the business closure, about schools and stuff like that. But when people look back, when they're telling their kids, what are they going to say about what happened? I remember when the Olympics were postponed. I remember when point. baseball had half a season. That's true. I yeah. remember when the NBA competed at Disney world, you know, that that's what people, that's what people are. I mean, I remember when there wasn't March madness, you know, that's what people are going to say, you know, because sports are the most popular thing in society. And that's just, I mean, that's, that's, that's why sports are being held to a higher standard because sports, sports to an extent are being used as the test subjects of when we can return to normal. Sports are being normalized in sports, then we can return to normal society. Sports are your outlet, and when you lose your outlet, you start to you notice that more than anything because it's the thing that gets you away from the rest of your life. I think for a lot of people, and I think also to 
to piggyback to that, sports are kind of what pushed people forward too. The SEC doesn't play football in the fall of 2020. Do you think people start pushing forward until I think everything would have been pushed back to the spring? And I think we would have been a little bit farther, not as far on in the in this whole pandemic when it comes to the sporting events, getting fuller crowds, getting everything like that because of a because of that. And I think to an extent, sports also help push things forward. At one at one point, we're all gonna have kids. And at one point, those kids are gonna have a history project where they're gonna have to talk to us about what our life, I mean, you know it's going to happen because we had to do stuff with our grandparents similar to, we had to talk to them about what it was like, you know, when when Nixon got impeached or when Kennedy got shot or something like that. Is, At some point, our kids are going to come to this or our grandkids are going to come to us with a project of, you need to talk to your grandparents or parents about what it was like living in the pandemic. And what are we both, what is 90% of what we're going to say going to be like? going to be about how sports were postponed about how we didn't realize what was going on to the until till how crazy it was that the nba got postponed and everything like that you're welcome all right <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> philosophical input uh we're going to move on to the airing of the grievances but real quick the uh spencer talked about this earlier when Logan was getting in his uh, every episode criticism of the Penguins, they are going into this pause very hot. They've won seven in a row. They're nine, uh, or sorry, seven and two in their last, seven, two and one in their last 10 games. Uh, I think the last episode we recorded, they were in last place in the Metropolitan. Now they're in fourth place and only four points out of first behind the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, uh, Spencer, you have any quick thoughts on? Uh, I agree with you. What you said earlier—they're the hottest team in the NHL, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that are they getting hot too early? Maybe, but at the same time, they're put themselves in a good position right now. And if they can keep this, not to be super hot, but if they keep themselves in moderation to be a three-four seed going into the playoffs. Who knows? But I think right now, without Malkin, especially too, I believe I don't think he's back yeah. yet. Um, they have Crosby back, which is good. You know, they're playing well. I think they're I think they're really gelling as a team, especially compared to last year, where it just seemed like they didn't have the pieces together completely or really anything was sticking. This year it just feels like they're they're going they're more as a whole compared to last year. No, totally agree. And, and it's also not just an Eastern Conference thing. It's a it's a weak thing, right? They're only five points behind the first place team in the league, which is Tampa Bay. Go go ahead, Logan. Yeah. But what they're referring to is before the show, I said um, the re, the, it was cool to have a Pittsburgh team in a year where Pittsburgh sports kind of sucks um, to have pit football be it was in the show, I think. No, I think before the you show, know, it's been a long episode already when we've been saying it happened before the show. <laughs> long episode. Colin He's Kaepernick rambled for so long. He doesn't realize by himself. We're good. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I said the Penguins right now, they're good, but they're not the Pens. They're looking like a team that could, they're, that they're they're hot, but they're looking like they're going to squeak into the playoffs. And right now, they're the seventh seed. So I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. How I'm wrong, because they got hot, and they're still the seventh best team in the conference. So we we can talk. Like, yeah, they're they're playing really hot right now. But as the season as a whole, 
they have they are the seventh best team in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, they're a good team. I'm not saying they're. But they're, I mean, that's not really not, fair, Logan. They're six points ahead of the eighth place team, and they're only five out of first place. So you got to look at the parity in those eight and realize that they're they're almost as good. Oh, as, you think they're you think they're almost as good as the Lightning, the team that's won the past two Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, abso- no. I absolutely do. No. I absolutely do. No. I think, I think they beat him in both times they played him this year. Mr. Hockey, Logan Carney. And two more no. of those wins, two more of those wins in a nickel, and I'll have five cents. <laughs> That's enough. I don't want to talk about the Penguins anymore. <laughs> all right. It is the the Festivus special after all. Um, uh, one grievance I'll get off my chest right away is anytime Logan talks about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I argue. I actually wanted that to be mine. I <laughs> <laughs> was going to be mine. So take, take it away. You have more to add to that? Well, I got, I got, all right. We do, we doing our area of grievances. I'm just going to yes, do Logan yes. just because I love Logan. I love you. First off, <laughs> great person. Love doing the podcast with you. Number one, you know, nothing about the penguins. I'm so sorry. You wore a pit sweatshirt to the penguin game. You talked crap about them the whole time. Um, you basically were Canadian that day. Um, and number one, oh, and then don't when you come on this me. podcast, don't ever call me a Canadian. Don't ever call. I'm an American. <laughs> You, you were singing like that, Oh Canada louder than anyone in the arena. Yeah, I was purchasing fair. I sang words. Canada too, but it was kind of insulting to their country, um, to be honest. Fair enough. But you know what, Logan? I wouldn't mind it if you didn't talk for 45 minutes about everything else. <laughs> I think our podcast is an hour and a half, and it's like 90% you talking. I actually got I actually got off track when <laughs> At one point when Dakota was like, do you agree with that, Spencer? And because I completely lost track of what you were saying. (laughs) And I feel bad saying that, but oh my, we can't talk about pit football anymore because it will just be a pit football show, which I'm surprised we haven't just done that. But you go on and on and it's great. I love it. But there gets to a point, man. We got to move forward with the conversation. And you have yet to do that. <laughs> you're still, we oh, talked about the, Kenny Pickett for like 30 minutes. So I was like, you're, we, we you're supposed to, no, you move time. on. You move on when the conversation has reached its natural conclusion. You don't purposely rush things forward. You move on when I it's will. reached its natural I conclusion. I will when we have more than one topic to try no, to you, cover. If you got a good topic, you got an engrossing conversation, like the stuff that it's I. It's not engrossing when it's just you talking. <laughs> I think it's very engrossing. So yeah, my my grievance is Logan Carney and in podcasts. I got a good grievance. Go for it. So I went and saw Spider Man this back weekend, this past weekend. Great movie, great movie. Same here. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Great movie. Really, you saw it? Because real quick, sorry, uh, you're not. You don't I seem did. like a. Uh, uh, movie though person so i am not a marvel person i've seen very few marvel movies however for some reason you're a toby I have guy seen most of the the spider-man see that's, I, that's how guy. i am too i have not i have not seen a toby mcguire spider-man movie oh, oh my, my god. god you've never seen the originals yeah. no 
you gotta watch that you gotta i do i I especially have to now especially after this most recent one that's yeah i don't like spider-man i don't like superhero movies but spider-man was always good and you gotta watch the originals anyway go ahead look so my grievance has nothing to do with spider-man itself the spider-man movie was good movie i mean i think it was probably i thought the first two spider-man with toby were better and i thought into the spider-verse was better and i'd say homecoming was better homecoming was better too but it was still a good movie. Like it's it, that's not like a knock on that. That's just like Spider Man's had that many good movies. Um, but I have a major grievance with the type of people that go to these movies and cheer. Oh boy! At the freaking <laughs> screen when something, especially shit that happens in the trailer. So so Doc Ock is in the trailer. All right, he's in the trailer. You do not need to go. Oh my god! Oh my god! When he appears on the screen, like, did you watch the freaking trailer? <laughs> like, he was gonna be in it the entire time, and then, and then the same thing. Green Goblin, he's in the fucking trailer. Like, like, did you not watch the trailer? Like, it's in there, and then, and then the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Worst kept secrets in the entire world. Hey, don't spoil that for me. I haven't seen it yet, but just I know they're I in mean, it. But don't spoil it for me. Well, they come on when they enter into the movie. The, the, the worst kept okay. secrets. Okay. Well, don't world. tell me what happened. When they come I... into the into the movie, all right. When they when they make their appearance in the movie and the cheering and the screaming and everything going on, like they it was the worst kept secret in the world. Like for the most hyped movie of the year. Like, did you did you, like like I, I mean, are you stupid? Like, I'm trying to sit there and watch a movie. I can't hear Toby deliver his first line because you're going. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, 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 oh! Like Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger just scored from one yard out. Like I mean, like, what, what the hell? Like, I mean, this, this is this is sports to some people, right? And I yeah, I, but you know I they can't you hear you to an extent. They can't hear you to an extent. However, <laughs> my greatest like they can't the hear first... you. People who cheer. I mean, neither the... can Ben Roethlisberger. If you're people that act like that in their living room watching the Steelers, they can't hear you either, Logan. I don't act like I don't like that either, but I think that's more reasonable than freaking sports than, than a movie. So, so you're uh, saying, wait, wait, real quick, yelling the, at the screen is or yelling at a TV is more reasonable than yelling at the TV. Yeah, because you don't know screen. what's going to happen during a sporting event. You knew Dog Ock was going to be in that movie. You knew Green Goblin was going to be in that movie. <laughs> you knew Toby and Andrew were going to be in that movie. You knew all that going in. These were Did not you see I agree, but I don't fully agree. I get what you're saying. These were not Did, shocks. Like this is Did not you like see the Force Awakens in theaters, Logan. What? Did you see the Force Awakens in theaters? Yes. So you knew all those people were going to be in it, but wasn't that a great thing? Like a whole theater on their feet no! when they see Chewbacca again for the first the time. I want movie. I want All to right, I disagree. I, I, I was with like you talking, to an extent, but now I, I don't like people talking during movies. Why the hell would I like somebody cheering during a movie? <laughs> like, I'm like going that's, to a movie with you, and I'm just going to talk to you the whole time. I don't like people talking during movies. I don't like people. You don't cheer during a movie. I don't like talking either, but I I approve of cheering and applause because no. it's a rare thing. It, it's no, not an it's overdone not thing. It's not a play. It's not a play. It's, it's it's this is something that's going to be the same a million times you see it all right if you want to cheer during the movie watch it in your <laughs> living room all right there's other people there that paid money to go to the, see that movie no that 
There is nothing. I more... disagree. That's why I go to the theater is to have that group experience. Yeah, the atmosphere is happen. A, <laughs> yeah. a big reason why you go. If you don't want to hear the cheering, you so stay in silly. your living room. No, and especially like opening theater, night. No. Like if they're, yes. if they're if they're chewing for if like it, it's stuff that they're chewing for too is like so silly and so stupid stuff to cheer for. Like it's stuff you literally knew. Those again, this is stuff from the trailers. This isn't stuff that came out as a shock. This isn't stuff that that like oh my god, thank god I did not see that coming. This is this is I've been seeing this for months that I knew this was going to happen for months, and then it happened. Like this isn't like. This isn't like something that come out of nowhere. Like, like, for example, screaming at your TV screen because Ben just made a big play. That's not something that you, you know, that you knew three months ago was going to happen because you saw this game on the YouTube. You know, you saw that part of the game on YouTube. We knew Doc Ock was in this movie. We knew Electro was in this movie. We knew Sam and we knew all these people were in this freaking movie. All right. You did not need to cheer when they came on the screen these are not shocks these are not surprises you don't need to be a goober all right all right and, and all right Th- thank you for this obvious things that happen uh i i'll take it back to the world of sports for my grievance and it is the fact that james franklin was given a 10-year <laughs> 75 million dollar contract by penn state and, and to take this a step back and overall the fact that in 49 of the 50 states in this country, the highest paid public employee is a college football coach. What are we doing? What are we doing? And the fact that one of those people is James Franklin, I ask again, what are we doing? You guys ever met James Franklin? Actually, I have. I have, no. too. I, I sold him. He came into Walgreens once. I, I checked him out of Walgreens. <laughs> How was he? I mean, it was a brief interaction. I know his wife has a Walgreens card. That's all I really know. <laughs> now, when I met when I met him, he was he was a very nice guy. I mean, he came to our school because he was our borderline recruiting one of our kids at our school, uh, which he did go there. But um, yeah, like I, 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 he was a nice guy. Like talking to him because I ran into him when I was in the principals or in the uh, like little area that the principals all have their offices in. He was there at the same time. But um, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I do also find it hilarious that number one, they extended him and it is getting to the point. 10 where, year contract. Yeah. That's insane. But here's the thing though. They can easily just buy, he can, they buy him out wow. and that's the craziest. Yeah, part. but they, they, they can buy him out, but the contract's fully guaranteed. Exactly. And that's what we're so the saying. Buyout with the, with, is 70, so the buyout is $75 million. Like these players, these guys are getting paid so outrageous. Much. And they can just leave like this. They can just leave like that. They can go to a different How does school. it make you feel? How does it make you feel personally, Logan, that a portion of your taxes are funding James Franklin's 10 year college football head coaching contract? Well, this is why I think income tax should be illegal, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason. Libertarian let's just, let's just say that right up. there. Is that I totally am against income tax. So so I, I don't think a portion of my money of my social of, of my money should be going to James Franklin's seventy million dollar contract. Um no, it's just it's I, I don't understand the 
urgency. I mean, there were a lot of coaches that moved around, a lot of big-name coaches that moved around that maybe Penn State wanted to lock up a guy they know is fine. I mean, he's fine. He's, he's fine as a coach. But after two shitty years, and you're going to keep giving in to all of his demands after two shitty years, you should have taken the hard-line sense and say, look, we just signed you to a new contract two years ago. Since then, you've given us two shitty seasons. Play out this contract, and then we'll discuss your new one. That's what I would have done. And, you know, again, it's not just Penn State. This happens across college. Michigan State, their one season, um, gave um, – granted, it was a great season, but after one season, they gave their new head coach a 10-year deal, too worth like 80 million dollars do you think that james franklin had more of a uh, play, uh he had more lee- leeway because he was like i could just leave and go to i don't know the usc job was available or something like that well like he's he could... not no he's not you think he, he's not getting usc over lincoln riley he's okay not yeah getting LSU. i should what i meant he's to not say getting is LSU you don't think he's gonna get Brian a top Kelly. you don't think he was gonna get a, a potentially top or at least Power. Why not let him go? What has he done? What what success has he had there? He's been his past two years. He's been he's been horrible. And and he signed that his newest extension was two years ago. Granted, he had you know one of had arguably the country's best recruiting class this year. But after two years of shitty years, two years ago you just gave him a new extension, the largest extension you ever gave a Penn State head coach before. You, you tell him, like, hey, look, we're fine with renegotiating your contract after you fix this way this program is trending. Because we just had two very yeah, bad yeah, years, yeah. and we gave you this new contract two years ago. You should be grateful that, that we gave you this contract two years ago and grateful that you're being paid a lot right now after the two years that you had. That's what I would have said. There's no way – after looking at who USC got, there's no way in hell USC would have chosen James Franklin over Lincoln Riley. That would have been absolutely asinine. There's no reason LSU would have chose James Franklin over Brian Kelly. That would have been asinine. Um, Oklahoma hired, I believe they hired Clemson's defensive coordinator. Also would have been asinine. You know, maybe Florida goes in for James Franklin, maybe. But even then, I mean, again, just to, just to like like Dakota's point, like, you know, like let him leave, like let, like let him take that risk. He has a cushy job at Penn State. If he wants to go somewhere else, that's had a new coach over the past like five. That's had a new coach, like three new coaches over the last five years. Let him take that risk. You know, that'd be that'd be a stupid decision on him his part. You know, it'd be different if, if James Franklin was the favorite to get the USC job, which we probably believed, you know, prior to this season that he was one of the favorites, if not the favorite, then that makes sense. But the fact that Lincoln Riley got it leads me to believe that James Franklin was never considered because <laughs> Lincoln Riley is mild. He's, you know, top five coach in college football. Brian right, Kelly, that's, top enough. Five that's enough on Penn State. <laughs> Spencer, you have a, a grievance for us? I gave my grievance. It was Logan Carney talking. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, see, he talked so long that we forgot about that. <laughs> uh, any others? I'll throw a quick one that I'm not going to elaborate on. The 
the Monday Night Football ESPN2 broadcast with the Manning brothers. Take it <laughs> off television. I, wow. I, it does nothing. That's it. That's all I have to say on that. ESPN covering football, uh, having football broadcasts in general. RMU Sports. I'm surprised neither of you guys were going to air a grievance about ESPN really not holding up their end to the bargain in the NHL deal. See, I, I, I don't think I agree much. with that. I, that's not a grievance for me yet. It might be next year, but I don't know. Watching SportsCenter, there's way more hockey in it than there was last year. Penguins Capitals wasn't on TV the other day. It was only on streaming. And you're telling that they're not holding up the, their end I, of the bargain? In my opinion, the NHL is probably happy about that. And I'm sure that Walt Disney Company was happy about that because they want people to move to streaming anyway. So I don't have a problem with it. My real quick grievance, RMU Sports, with the exception of the men's soccer team, please get better at your sports. Please. <laughs> please. I just want to watch a decent team. Please. I want to be able to broadcast a decent team. Please. Yeah. RMU hockey was really disappointing this season. Ah. I Hit basketball with Jeff Capel. Um, I thought you were a great oh, hire. Man. <laughs> I thought hire when they hired you, but four Boy. years later, same shit that happens. Ay, ay, ay. Players getting in trouble, players transferring, team losing by games. It, it's <laughs> that that's that I'm I'm not gonna go into too much details on that because Pitt football has has brought up my happiness for Pitt. So you're lucky. But Pitt, Pitt, Pitt basketball went to this- Jeff Capel. My cousin went to the Citadel, and his joke he used to say was, if you ever lose to a sport in against the Citadel, you really need to, like, rethink things, like, in life. And I agree, because they lost to the Citadel in basketball. <laughs> absurd. Absolutely absurd. All right, I got, guys. I got one more, one more real quick. I, this is my annual grievance. The fact that the Major League Baseball has not solved their blackout problems with <laughs> streaming. Uh, the rumors are this could be solved in the collective bargaining agreement, and this is something that maybe, maybe in 2022 will not be a grievance, but until then, it, it made the list again. My grievance that the DH is inevitable. I hate the DH, and I universal yeah. DH is awful. I hate it. Absolutely terrible. I'm still going to be mad about it if it happens, which it probably will be. Logan, is it time? It is time, because you guys know Festivus is not over until you pin me. <laughs> but it's time for the feats of strength. I'll get the pull from the crawl space. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Dakota, you want to explain how we're doing it this year? The feats of strength, as always, is a special edition of our quiz show. Uh, without a host, we have a new format. We each brought two questions, one for each of our other co-hosts. After those six questions are asked, the top two are going to move on to the final question, which will be uh, the loser's third question. Whoever answers that first wins the feats of strength. If it's Logan, I guess we have to do it all over again, right? Yep. (laughs) We didn't pin him. The episode episode continues. Festivus is not over until I lose. So, Logan, since you're the one that has to lose, why don't you go ahead and, and ask your two questions first? All right. All right. So, I wrote one question with each of you guys in mind. So, Spencer, oh boy. We'll a question for you. All right. 
We should also, before you ask this question, say that the uh, the theme was anything 2021. Yep, I did 2021 sports. Sports, so. yeah, I did sports yeah. too. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Same here, same here. All right, good. It's <laughs> like, wait a bit. All right, Spencer, I took you to your first Steelers game this year. Oh. To take a 14 to nothing lead against Seattle in the first quarter in that game, who scored on a one yard run for the Steelers? A one-yard run. Oh, my God. Why do I not remember this? I don't. I want to say Harris, but I don't think it was Harris. I think it was... I'm going to go out on a limb. Was it James Washington? It was not. Dakota, are we doing chances to steal? Yeah, I get... Are we doing steals? Yeah. I don't see why yeah. not. Um, who did you just guess, Spencer? Washington. Was it Harris? It was Eric Ebron. <laughs> oh, who's that? Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Dakota. No points. Yes. At the Pens game that you took us to. Oh. <laughs> Who scored two goals against the Penguins? Oh, that's brutal. Oh, against the Penguins. He had a career night. He also had an assist, three points. Is it bad that I can't even remember the team that we were playing in? I'll give you the team. (laughs) It was Montreal. Oh, boy. Canadiens. Two goals against the Penguins. That's a great question. A very fair question. I have no answer. Oh, Mr. 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 knows more about hockey than me. Can't even can't even figure <laughs> out who scored two goals the game we were at. All right, Alex, all right, Spencer. <laughs> Alex Tank Tangay? Tank Tangay? It was Josh Anderson. Oh. Right. It wasn't even a difficult Canadian name. Josh I know. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Shows how uh, much uh, you guys pay attention when you watch sports. No points. No points. Uh, I'll ask mine here. These are extremely easy. I hope that they are answered correctly. We'll see. Uh, Logan, do you want one or two? Um, I don't care. One. So I'm number one. All right. Who was the Pirates opening day 2021 starter? Oh, it was, um, we talked about him and I made fun of him the whole time. It was Chad Cole. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. It was Chad yeah, Cole. We were on the team, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> got DFA'd. Who got DFA'd at the end of the year? Yep. Yep. All right, this is bad. Logan is the uh, the first with points on the board. Spencer, your question. Which games of the first round Stanley Cup playoff series against the Islanders did the Penguins win? Um, one. Can I get a number on the series? 
No. It was no. a six-game series. No. Okay, that's bullshit, because now he knows it's not game six. Okay, I could have told you it wasn't the last game. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know what the last game of the series was. That, that's all right. That's, now you they know won, they won two. They won one, and then they won, I want to say, three. That is incorrect. Logan, opportunity to steal. They won one and five. That is incorrect. They won games two and three of yes. the series. I thought they won one. All right. It is one nothing, Logan, after two rounds. Spencer, here we go. All right. Well, I, I wanted to do – my category was I was going to do the sport that they don't realize – that you don't know, but the other person does. So Dakota's is pit football, and Logan's oh, is okay. NHL hockey. So oh boy. this should be, this is actually a really easy question, but I'm kicking myself for it. So obviously Pitt and Wake Forest both finished the year seven and one in the conference. They both won their respective divisions, the Atlantic and the Coastal. Which team yeah. finished dead last in the ACC? This is for Dakota. Um... The worst team in the ACC this year was is it Boston College? No. Logan. Duke. Yep. Duke went zero and eight. Boom! Duke Blue Devils. Well, that's ball game because we can't mathematically <laughs> win, but. It looks like Festivus is not over yet. <laughs> I still have another question anyway, so hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Let's, uh, so this let's is kind of expand the lead. It's kind of cheating, but it's not. Um, so in the 2021 season, the Canadians went to the NHL uh, finals. They were the first Canadian team to make the NHL finals since 2011. What team made the finals in 2011? This is a question for Logan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the running joke is that Toronto hasn't made it in a long time, so it's not Toronto. Um, you said it's kind of cheating. I, I said it's kind of cheating because it's technically not 2021. I'm I'm asking you about the 2011 Stanley Cup Final, but oh, okay, okay. But I referenced it to 2021. What are the teams are there? Can Montreal? I don't think Winnipeg was winning. No, there was still Atlanta. Yeah, I'll give you that. Winnipeg was not a team in 2011. Montreal. Dakota, you got it? Oh, I know it. Um, it's Vancouver. Ed- well, Dakota was guessing. Mike, I, I, I already started to say it. I was saying Edmonton. No, yeah, it was Vancouver. Because they had the riots afterwards. Look at me, the only person to get a hockey question, right? But, was I don't Yes, but you know. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is exactly what Mr. I expected. I know not, 
Mr. Yeah. I know nothing about the penguins or hockey, and I'm the only one that got a hockey question right. Look at that. He is never gonna let us live this down, Spencer. Look at never. that. He doesn't like live anything down. There's some more <laughs> grievances about me. All right, what do we want to do then? Logan is the winner. It, it's over. He is mathematically eliminated the other. It's two. not over till you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look here. Let's see if you guys can answer my question. All right. All right. This is for both of you. This is the only way we can beat you is when you're not eligible to answer the question. <laughs> Who and what did the Pirates get for Adam Fraser? Wow. I know. I had three really good questions, didn't I? That is good. That is good. Like, you want the exact names? No, I want I want random people. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted, like, are you going to say, like, process, like, how, what, is it a pitcher, catcher? Yeah, I want, like, I didn't know. I want the players, I want the players, and what else? I want all what they've gotten in return for Adam Fraser. They got a pitcher with a funny name. I remember him. I don't remember his name, though, but it was really funny. He's the one with the funny name, but yeah. What? He wasn't the one with the funny name, but they did get a picture. Oh, never mind. They got the um, the shortstop out of funny name. No, no. Yeah. But yeah. I'm drawing an absolute. Man, I don't I know. Have, I have no memory. They're prospects. How am I supposed to know? So they got 1.4 million in cash considerations. Okay, I guess I should. They got two Sapita Marcano. I love that name. Pitcher Michelle Milano and outfielder Jack Sawinski. How are we feeling about that return? That's. I mean, the 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 Padres just traded him to the Mariners and got less, so. I mean, we'll see. Right. time right. will tell. We'll Padres didn't make time the playoffs, and Adam time Fraser did like crap in the second half. So I mean, it seems like they they, they won the trade. Is it winning a uh, trade? Here, here was my. Uh, no, no. Here was my final question. Um, three days after the Steelers lost to the Browns in the wild card game, and one day after Mike Tomlin said that major changes were in store for the coaching staff. Who did the Steelers uh, fire or not renew their contract? Oh, it was um, the offense coordinator. It was... Um, yeah. What? It was uh, it's the quarterback coach for Ben. Oh, shit. Oh, man, it's late. Long episode. Um, <laughs> Oh my God! I know this. Um, pass. I know this. All shit. of our uh, our loyal audience right now is screaming as they listen. Randy Feekner. Yeah. Oh, well, they had they they were probably waking up from an eight hour sleep and. and <laughs> Haven't been on the air for three hours. Yeah, they took a they, nap uh, and came back to us. They yeah. also got rid of uh, their offensive line coach, 
before the season and their defensive backs coach. Those were the three guys that they camped that day. Mm. And uh, all three looks like yeah. phenomenal moves because all three <laughs> of those position groups have just been so much better. So much better. So much better. Because um, that was clearly the problem and not the yeah, personnel. It was clearly just the coaches. My toss-up question real quick. I went with the sport that both of you guys don't really know, which was the NBA. Um, and I said LeBron James for the first time in his career lost in the first round of the, of the uh, playoffs. What team did he lose to? Wasn't it the Suns? Weren't they the eighth seed? Yeah. It, they weren't the eighth seed, though. They were the seventh, but they lost to the Suns. So we're the two seed. See, I know the NBA. The more you know. It was five nothing final score for Logan. <laughs> this Pathetic. is the, it's a festivus miracle. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, guys, this is being recorded the night before Festivus. Festivus technically starts in what is it? Forty minutes. Forty forty one to be exact. Happy yeah. happy early Festivus. Happy Festivus, guys. If you started this podcast on Festivus, I'm assuming Festivus is already <laughs> over by the end of it. No, Festivus isn't over until they beat me, and so far nobody's beat me. So Festivus is going <laughs> to Like I said. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all for joining us again on Pittsburgh Nates. Um, we hope you have a happy Festivus, a happy Christmas, um, and whatever other holidays you may or may not celebrate. Happy one of those, too. Have a great new year. And um, safe year. See you in 2022.